His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. We have the cutest usherettes ever. Why wouldn't you want to give? (laughs) That was awesome. Trent, that was an awesome word. You know what? I thought about Trent. Talk about a testimony of, you know, that they've walked through, you know, from just looking at almost destruction, you know, of business and stuff, and then coming up to where they are today is like, he's, he's right. Everybody has that testimony of what God's done. So... Um, I wanted to talk today about history, uh, you know, George Washington, that type of, no, 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 no. Uh, I just, I just, you know, it goes along with what all's been going on today, but just, um, history is important, you know, and you can call it reputation, you can call it testimony, but I just was like history. Every one of us has a history, (laughs) and it's supposed to be good. You can have, every time we experience walk with the Lord, we're adding to our history with him, you know, in everything. And it's like, um, I started seeing some stuff the other day, you know, and I, the Lord was just, in in Exodus 32 and 33, Moses and God are having a conversation, and I love this. You know, Abraham had the conversation where God's getting ready to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and he goes off and he goes, you know, should I withhold, should I talk to Abraham about this, what I'm getting ready to do, since he's going to be a great nation? I I want to talk to him. And they get in this debate, you know, uh, God's saying, I'm going to do this. Abraham goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Let's, let's think about this. God, let's, let's talk about it. You know, you're going to destroy the righteous along with the wicked. How about if we get, how, how about if find 50? You know, and you know, you, you guys know that story. They go through that whole debate thing. God goes, okay, finally gives in for 10, you know. Okay, if I can find 10, I'll spare him. Abraham goes, oh, good. You know, Moses comes along, year, you know, a lot of years later. And they're in this conversation, and God goes, Moses, kind of had it (laughs) with Israel. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth, you know, but I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Do you know what that type of things, that test right there is humility. It's like, finally, they've seen the effort I've put in and I'm getting promoted. You know, Moses didn't have that though. You know, he, he goes, oh no, God, you can't do that. You know, all the nations are going to know that, like, oh, you took him out in the wilderness just to kill him. In uh, Egypt would say, saved us the trouble. But God, you, you know, and, and so Moses is in this conversation with him. And I've always seen that before. It's like, wow, that was cool that Moses got to do that. But I started seeing something else through this thing. And I thought, God, your desire always has been to be with your kids that you created. And I think that it delighted the Lord's heart that Moses was willing to say, no, 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 God, that you don't want to do that. That'll make you look bad. 
It'll, it'll, it, these are, and by the way, these are your people. They're not, don't tell me they're my people. They're, they're your people. And he goes, okay, but I'm going to send my angel. You know, I'm not going with you anymore, but I'm going to send my angel and he'll lead you out and, and take you into the land and everything. And God, Moses goes, uh-uh. Basically just said, uh-uh. And I thought, what a friendship to have with the Lord that when God says something, you go, uh-uh. When you know it doesn't line up with what God's true heart really is. His heart, and Moses goes, uh-uh. I don't want anything but your presence with me. If your presence isn't going with us, we're not moving. We are not moving unless your presence goes with us. And I think God's going, oh, I love this guy. Because he values my presence. You know, there's, there isn't anything. And so Moses, Moses is, what I want you to see is Moses was building a history with the Lord. God's going, I like your heart. I mean, it, said, it says that God talked to Moses face to face. Just like a man talks to his friend. But everybody else had to come through sacrifice and had to come through uh, the priests offering sin and all that. And I thought, Moses built a history. And I thought, God, you, every one of us have built a history with you, you know, of, of experiencing you. And, and you know what? Jesus paid the price so that we could all come close and talk to him face to face. We didn't have to go through that sacrificial program thing. And so now it's like we've all got free access because the thing is God wanted his kids. He wanted us coming close. He, it wasn't like make a mistake. I'm going to blot you out. It was like, no, he says, I, I want my kids coming close. I want to talk to them face to face. I am so, I want my family back together. That was God's heart. I want my family back together. And so, you know, the thing I love is that you can, you can, uh, it doesn't matter whether you just met Jesus or whether you've been walking with him for 50, 60 years. Your history matters to God. And even when you mess up, I'm so thankful for Romans 8.1. There's now for now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Even when you mess up, the blood covers it. And so I just, I've just been thinking about history and stuff. And so this past, this past week, I brought these up here in case, to make it look like I had something written down. Our history means so much. And I think sometimes we live in the present and forget. But I'll tell you when the history comes into play is when you go through something hard in life and you need to start remembering, wait a minute, did God help, God's helped me here in the past. He's helped me here. I think I can trust him here. You know, when you first start out with the Lord and you hit your first difficulty, it's like, uh, you, you know, usually for me, you, you revert back to your own mind, figuring it out. How can I fix this, you know, myself? And God lets us go that route until we come to the end of our road because he always wants us to know he's the answer to every situation we face in life. Doesn't matter what it is. And so I was... Um, 
God cleans up our histories. You know, you look at Saul of Tarsus, and he had an awful history. Murder, persecution, all that kind of stuff. But the cross changed all that. The blood of Jesus goes, I'm starting a new history. And he got to, he, he began to walk in that new history. That he was, he was writing a new page, you know. And Ezekiel, I think it is, it talks about uh, a man who lives righteous. You know, this was the old covenant, but it was like lives righteous, does everything just right. But if he sins once, bam, it cuts him off from the Lord. You know, and then it says, and you can take someone who's sinned all their lives, bam, they turn to the Lord, and immediately they're considered righteous. And it's like, oh, I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus in these days. I wanted to read, uh, when I was up in, so I've relied a lot on my history with the Lord in this past year, uh, a little over a year. When I got that cancer diagnosis stuff, it was like, um, you know, I relied a the thing's amazing is is the joy of the Lord has been with me this whole season. You know, I've been joyful. I've been I've not been depressed. I've been just he it's because it's the faithfulness of the Lord. He does that. And I believe part of that is that expectancy that he's going to come through. And I don't think I don't know if I'd have. When I first got that, you guys know he spoke that Psalm uh, 118, verse 17 to me, that I would live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And, and that just birthed faith in me because yeah. I knew he couldn't lie. Yeah. It was li- and I remember telling Teresa, I said, I don't know what path we're going to walk in this, but I know what the outcome is, that I'm going to live, not die, and declare the praises of the Lord, the works of the Lord. And so God's been faithful to that, and that was a bedrock for me to just hold on to. But I really have had joy, and it's like, are you not facing reality? I, I think I am. I just, you know, I'm just, the Lord is just with us. You know, he really was truthful when he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. You know, and I've had some situations in my life where it shocked me. Because I thought, well, God won't be in this one. And then he speaks to you and says, I told you, you're like, you sense the presence first. And it was like, God, what are you doing in this situation? This isn't real pleasant. And he goes, I told you I would never leave you or forsake you. Whoa. It becomes reality. I don't think the reality of our faith becomes reality until it's tested. We hit trials and we hit fire and different things like that. And all of a sudden it's like, woo, God, you really meant your word. You really are true to what you said. Anyway, so I'm up in Chicago this past week and getting rescanned for like three months. Um, it's the first time to get that. And we, and we was a little nervous just because it was like, uh, I've not had any chemo for three months. You, you, just don't want, you don't want to go back and they go, well, we're going to have to put you back on chemo. It's really ballooned off. You know, and I'm like, you know, so I, you're just a little, <laughs> a little nervous, but, uh, I got up, uh, I'd, I had the scans, you know, on, on Tuesday and then Wednesday was my time to meet with the doctor to find out what all that was. And as I was sitting, having some quiet time before I went, man, God just, I'm going to read first 22 verses out of Psalm 107. God just it was like he was speaking these things to me, and they were so real. And so uh, Psalm 107 says, Let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. Here's why. This is out of the Passion Translation. 
He's better than anyone could ever imagine. Yes, he's always loving and kind, and his faithful love never ends. So go ahead, let everyone know it. Tell the world how he broke through and delivered you from the power of darkness and has gathered us together from all over the world. He has set us free to be his very own. Man, that seems so, just so real to me. He set us free to be his very own. Some of us once wandered in the wilderness like desert nomads with no true direction or dwelling place. Starving, thirsting, staggering, we became desperate and filled with despair. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. He led us right into a place of safety and abundance, a suitable city to dwell in. You know what? A suitable place to dwell in is about, is um, resting in him, being being part of him. And a, in a uh, suitable city to dwell in is the body of Christ. It's what everybody was thank A lot of people are thankful for this morning, the body of Christ. We get to dwell together. So lift your hands and thank God for his marvelous kindness and for all his miracles of mercy for those he loves, how he satisfies the souls of thirsty ones and fills the hungry with all that's good. Some of us once sat in darkness, living in the shadows of death. We were prisoners to our pain, chained to our regrets. For we rebelled against God's word and rejected the wise counsel of God Most High. So he humbled us through our circumstances, watching us as we stumbled with no one there to pick us back up. Our own pain became our punishment. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. His light broke through the darkness, and he led us out in freedom from death's dark shadow, and he snapped every one of our chains. Whew, hallelujah. So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness and for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. For he smashed through heavy prison doors, shattered the steel bars that held us back just to set us free. Some of us were such fools bringing on ourselves sorrow and suffering all because of our sins. Sick and feeble, unable to stand the sight of food, we drew near to the gates of death. Then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us, and he did. God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed, delivered from death's door. So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness, for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. Bring your praises and offering and your thanks as a sacrifice as you sing your story of miracles with a joyful song. I was, uh, as it was, I was just encountering that morning, you know, and it was just like, oh God, this psalm is, so, this, it's so true for me. You know, he did snap all the chains. And I, I just was thinking about his goodness and here's what the battle is and I think a lot of us face when we hit struggles you want to revert back into your own mind your own thinking or fear tries to creep in and I thought Lord I need to rest in you the other thing was I don't trying to earn his favor it gets to be a real temptation you know I'm thinking God I already told you that I'm not getting off this diet if, I'm, if they say, you are cancer-free, I'm staying on the diet. And I thought, mm, you led us in this to cooperate with you, not to earn points. It wasn't to earn points. It was just to cooperate with you, partner with what you're doing. 
I said, so I'm going to rest. I had to, you know, Bible talks about strive to enter the rest. Hebrews talks about there's a rest of God. Strive to enter it. It didn't, it didn't always sound contradictory. You need to work to enter rest. It's like, how, how does that work? You know? And I believe that was, I had to do that. It, it was a little bit of a, it's like, no, I'm going to stay in peace and I'm going to rest in what you said your work and so i did that i got back into peace but there was i could tell and i thought man we we always get tempted with that of trying to somehow fix it ourselves or come up with like okay god i'll do this so will you do this he goes i god's going i do this because it's who i am and because i love you not because you performed not because you jumped through all the hoops and did all the right stuff and so okay now i'll heal you and he used to think that years ago, but it's just because he loves us. It's just because of his love. He's a good dad. <clears throat> so anyway, I, so I went and I was in peace the whole time. And so I, you know, <laughs> I loved it though. I hated it when Teresa called me and she, she called and she's calling while I'm in, the, they're running a little bit late. So I'm in a doctor's office and I can't, so I got a voicemail, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I said, and a doctor to call you back. And I thought, hmm, she's probably going to think, this, might, this is bad news. I need to text her, good news, I'll talk to you later. So I did, after about an hour. No, no, I just, I probably, <clears throat> well, not soon enough, probably. But I was relieved, and I didn't realize that it was weighing on a little bit, because I, normally I go up there and it's like, Lord, I want to see through your eyes. And I prayed that, but I still felt like, I wasn't really looking a whole lot. <laughs> it was like, I just felt, but man, it was like, it, when they told me, they said, hey, your lymph nodes are still shrinking, you know, and your PSA is down to 2.1. They said, no chemo. I said, that's awesome. We just need to see you another three months, you know. I said, something lifted, and I felt even more joyful than I was, <laughs> you know. I mean, I got up, and uh, the Doc, I gave the doctor a hug, you know, gave the nurse a hug that came in and gave me two shots. I, so, you know, I mean, I had the joy of the Lord. You don't hug somebody who gives you two shots. And one of them was, oh, my gosh. Can we have that any other place? Sorry, it's got to go there. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> anyway, uh, but... I valued looking back over my life and knowing, God, you've been faithful to me in so many things. You've been faithful to a lot of us. History, and I thought, history matters with the Lord. You know, when, when you hit hard, time, hard times, you need to look back and review what the, your history with the Lord is. And I think he's also building history, too. Here's another, it's like he is, not, like when he was talking with Moses, he goes, Here's a guy I can talk face-to-face -face with because I like, um, God has a history when he looks at us. You know, when he does something for us, or do we have a history with God that we're complainers? Well, God, I really thought you'd be doing this. So it's like, hmm, that got written down. You know, it's like, <laughs> I want a good history with the Lord. I want to be a thankful person. I want to be a giving person. I want to be a heart that's wide open to what he wants to do, you know, and, and I want to have a good history on his side. I want, I want 
his books to line up with mine, <laughs> you know, of, of how I am. And I believe that goes along with the imagination. That goes along with let your hope rise. It goes along with being grateful of everything. You know, Teresa was talking, was talking yesterday and you said about Bill Johnson having that statement, you know, about thankfulness. It was like, man, that just needs, when you love it, when you're, when, when the Lord does so much in you that when something happens, your immediate really response is, ah, oh, thank you, God. And not out of just duty where you don't know what you're saying. Cause I, you know, years ago we used to see people go, oh, praise the Lord. It's like, do you really know what you just said? You know, it's like, it became so rote. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a heart that really goes, that automatically responds, thank you, Jesus. Because I know if this, if this isn't real pleasant to me, then it's not staying here. You know, who is it? Is it Bill said, if it's not all good, he's not done yet. Or Chris, one of those, they just said, if it's not good, because it always turns out he works out everything for your good. And if it's not good, he's not done. I'd rather have that viewpoint of like, well, God's just not done. He's still working. Thank you. Because you're good. Because you're a good father. You know, I've, I've reviewing my history and stuff. <laughs> so I was afraid of. <laughs> reviewing, reviewing my history and stuff. I was, you know, another psalm that's been so... Uh, <laughs> good is Psalm 139 and I love it because God says I formed you in the secret place you know before you ever knew me I formed you I already wrote all uh, your days are already written down in my book and I was like God you've got a lot more you knew about us than we thought and I looked back over my life and I thought you know with when I was 10 years old, my dad uh, bought a dealership. I've told you guys before. We moved to Kentucky for three years. And we go to Kentucky, and it wasn't real great. I mean, you know, I was a dumb dope ring Hoosier. That's what they called it down in Kentucky. And I thought, I don't even want to tell you what we talk about you guys up in Indiana about. <laughs> so anyway, it just, it just wasn't easy blending in. You, and, you know, I'm a pretty calm person. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not threatening, you know. And I had a kid pick a fight with me, met me after school, and was just a beat the tar out of me because I was friends with one of the kids I'd met in Sunday school. And I was like, oh, I don't want to fight. You know, I wasn't one of those guys like, yeah, bring it on, buddy. That wasn't me. I was like, what's that? And I'm gone. <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't have that kind of personality, you know. So anyway. Which I never knew why I wrestled in high school. It didn't, it didn't match me. I was more, golf would have been better. It was a non-contact sport. And I would have felt bad for the ball. Anyway, um, but I was looking back over my life. And we moved to Kentucky at 10, you know, and of course that goes. And, and we moved back in the middle of my eighth grade. And we moved back to uh, Pendleton. Was it Anyway, so we moved there. Uh, hadn't been there before, so went through a fun experience starting a new school, you know, halfway through a year in eighth grade, which everybody's so kind. And, uh, but I looked back and I thought, you know, it was when, it, when I was 16, I had a friendship that God wanted me making connection with. 
um, you guys are Don White's, and we became good friends. Our families became friends. Don was my connection to get touch the revival that broke out in Anderson in 1970. He, it was him. And I thought, I look back and I thought, God, you wanted me in, you had an appointment with me in that revival and I wasn't going to find it down there in Kentucky. We were supposed to be back. And Don was at Pendleton and I needed to have that contact with that friendship, you know, and we encouraged each other in the Lord. I thought that was a divine, you knew the days you had for me. You knew you had even relationships and contacts to make. And I thought about meeting Teresa, you know, when, when I was going to the Bible study and that, um, with the Jesus movement guys, you know, and, and, uh, Teresa walked in and I was like, Oh my gosh, an angel has just entered the room. I loved her from the moment I saw it, didn't I? I did. You didn't notice I was in that meeting where you, she didn't even know I was there. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I didn't think I had a chance of ever being with her. But God already had it written in the book. Thank you, Jesus, for the book. <laughs> but I, I didn't have, you know, I... God had for us to meet. The funny the thing is, I realized I thought, I didn't find out till later, Teresa was, she was all set up to go to Gulf Coast Bible College, but changed almost the last minute, and she ends up at Anderson. Well, but it's because I was there. And I wasn't going to be going to Gulf Coast Bible College. Anyway, God had, God had uh, divine appointments and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, I was looking, I was like, God, you have been so, I think God is in charge of our lives a whole lot more than we give him credit sometimes. You know, the friendships you make, the, the, the connections, it's like, you look over and it's like, God, you've been, you really did have my life in your hands. And this whole thing of, of him saying, I've already got the number of days written down man he highlighted that when i got that diagnosis and we've been walking through this it was like you've already numbered my days you already have the number of days for me to live you know and my prayer has always been that i live 10 minutes longer than teresa because she needs somebody around to help take care of her i it wouldn't be good <laughs> the banks would be calling going what has happened that, so if when she goes, I'm getting ready because I, I got ten minutes. <laughs> anyway, I, but God is just—he's just—he orchestrates that, and so it's important to remember your history, and look back when you hit situations. Look back over and say, God, I know you've, maybe you've given me promises that have that I haven't seen yet, but they're coming. But they're coming. Just because I don't see them today doesn't mean they're not on the way. You know, there's, I mean, I had kids that wanted to drive at 13. It ain't happening. I promise you, you will get your license. It's on the way. It ain't yet. And you ain't even coming close to getting it yet. There ain't enough insurance to cover you getting it early. You know, sometimes God's promises are like that to where he knows if I give you this before your maturity level hits it and you can handle it, oh, you might survive it, but the people around you, oh my goodness, you cause so much damage. 
God knows when to give us stuff. He knows when to let the promises come to fruition and be fulfilled. And I, I just, I love, you know, one of the things that can happen to us is you can get caught in shame. Shame is the biggest culprit of hope. You know, <laughs> I, I, and I never thought, or we were listening last night and somebody said something about, you know, people like, if they don't see you, you know, Chris was saying, then you go, oh, that person doesn't like me. I said hi and they didn't answer back. And he said, and they probably just didn't see you. I never had the thoughts that somebody wouldn't like me. I think it's naivety, you know, but I, I never had the thought of like, oh, they wouldn't like me. And I think it's because of my mom. <laughs> oh, I never realized how much she lied to me. <laughs> I, I'm growing. I mean, I was born. I had a big old strawberry here on my head. It was a birthmark, you know, that that it started out as a pimple and it started growing. And they said if the doctor didn't, if they didn't radiate it, it would be all over my face. And I know I wouldn't be getting Teresa then, but. Uh, <laughs> They, so they got it stopped, but it was like a big strawberry. If you see my elementary pictures, I mean, it's out there. <laughs> and you believe your mom? You don't think your mom's going to lie to you? Everything they say is like, oh, wow. And she go, you are the handsomest kid in your class. <laughs> I, I bet all the girls just love you. are so handsome. You are, and I thought, I'm good looking. <laughs> you know, and that's. Later, years later, <laughs> I carried that for a long time. <laughs> years later, I'm thinking, I think mom lied. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I'm the most handsome person in the room, you know? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of things like that. I'm looking forward to doing, in the right time, my mom's funeral, because we got some stories. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, de I dealt with shame big time, though, when I, you know, we was having a business, you know, and we sold the business on contract, and they were crooks, and, and um, all, we went through all of that. I never felt shame so much in my life that I didn't even want to show my face in town. I was like, I felt so ashamed that I'd let customers down that were supposed to be taken care of. And it was just, oh, it was the hardest thing. I, I had to have the Lord touch and heal me from that because I just, I didn't want to get back up. I didn't want to get back up. You know, I went to work for somebody else for eight years, but, and the Lord healed me during that process of working for them and still blessed the things I did. And so he was, he was saying to me, putting in my history, I'm all, I also took your shame to the cross. Even when you make a mistake, I took your shame to the cross. And that's a big one to get free of. And I, I began to live again, you know, begin to have hope. And, uh, but shame is an enemy, you know. It really is. Anyway, I love... I love uh, I love God reminding us of our history and the testimonies and the good things he's done. You know, he's done that for all of us. Every Trent was right. Every single person in here has a tremendous testimony. I, Eric, I remember you lived with us for a year. You know, Ethan used to come up in the room up there and 
play Legos with you or something. I don't know, but that was, you know, um, I remember the first step when it was time for you to, to get your own place. You were scared about moving out. You were like, I don't think I can have it. And I said, well, how much you got in the bank? I got this much in the bank. And I go, holy cow, you'll be okay. <laughs> but there was that fear there of, of stepping out. And, but you did it. And God, every one of us have had a point to where it took faith to step out and believe God. You know, and I think he loves that because he proves him is like, I get to prove myself faithful. They're going to find they're going to find out that my word is true. And I love I don't journal a whole lot like Teresa, who has volumes and bookcases full. But uh, my two notebooks. <laughs> I write I, I wrote down all the promises and the words that God gave me and all the help during this past year that the body of Christ has pulled together and done for me. And it is overwhelming the support and love. And I want to tell you something. That's what, that's what the body of Christ is. It's supposed to be a family. God loves being with these kids and he wants his kids love and being together. How are we doing? Doggone it. Seven minutes. Well, I think I'm done because I, I don't want to rattle. Anyway, I just felt like God was wanting to remind us, remember your history and the good things that God's done because it builds your faith. It encourages you for the things that are coming up. So, Tracy, you want to come up? And... I did notice him, but he had a reputation because he thought he was the best-looking boy in the I... room. <laughs> and so he had a reputation that I was warned about. And uh, you do not want him, and he is a womanizer, and that's what he... And so, thank you for. The <laughs> Although I was already on this side of the cross. <laughs> anyway, uh, but he was pretty cute. Um, what? I, <laughs> but he was pretty cute. You know what? It's going to be 46 years. So, it, you know, this was the thing, though, that when he was saying that, I thought we both had the same hearts. And that's what I look for in all of, the, all of you kids when you're looking for mates. Get ones that love Jesus like you do. There was never a time that he was not pushing to love Jesus like I was. And when you got two that love Jesus together, you got solid rock right there. No matter what. And we've walked through a lot. You guys know we have. And yet, love Jesus and get your mate. I mean, don't pick a mate. I don't care how cute they are. If they don't love Jesus, they're going to stink after a while. I'm serious. They're going to be selfish because Jesus takes selfishness away. And they're going to think about what they want, not you. And I'm just telling you, I told Ron, I said, man, somebody just needs to say it's simple. Just find a mate that loves Jesus like you do. If you can't get them to come to church, then they're not the right one. I'm just telling you that right now. If you have to bring them and they go, can we hurry up and get out of here? Then that's a good sign for you. Because honestly, all the marriages in here, how have you all made it? You all have to love Jesus the same. I remember I had dreamed about Brandy, and I had dreamed about Patricia. And I remember the boys, and they we'd, I think it was gone to creation, but I'd had a dream about both the girls. And 
I saw their hearts, and they were hungry for Jesus, and they were hungry for God. And so when Jacob started liking Patricia, he might already, but it was like, she's from the Lord. I know she is. And then when Zach started liking Brandy, it was just like, and I mean, look at them, awesome mothers who love Jesus. So I'm just saying that because, you know, a lot of you, uh, we've got youth, and they're growing up, and I'm going, start praying for a heart that loves Jesus. And then you'll know you're finding the right one. That's the key. That's the key. Anyway, I wanted um, just um, everyone to just kind of divide up in groups. We're going to pray and close. But and pray for each other. I think it's very important to pray for your expectancies and pray for each other. Um, Like I said, God's heart is that heaven come to earth. But it comes through our prayers. And the most important job any of you can do here today is to pray for each other, that God's will would be done. And he has an expectancy that he wants us to pray. So don't, don't when you ask them to pray, don't say, well, I just want to just get by. Go big, because it isn't way bigger than God. Go big in what, what you ask for today. So I'm just going to ask you to find families or groups and, and pray for each other. Father, I just want to thank you. Lord Ron and I thank you together mm-hmm. that you touched him once again. And we just thank you, Lord, for the house Eric and Sean here building. We thank you for, I think it's Ashley and her beautiful baby. Jessica, okay. <laughs> Names are... Thank you for Jessica and her little baby, Samuel. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have done for all of us. And we just bless you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.